0: Lane, 15, 10, touchdown,
1: Chargers! What's up, guys? We are back with a Week 17 edition of Chargers Weekly. As always, powered by Microsoft Surface, and as always, joined by Matt Money Smith. As the Chargers head to Denver, closing the season with a pair of divisional opponents after a, a really. Great performance, I thought, in terms of effort uh, against the Buffalo Bills, twenty-four to twenty-two, and, buddy, it, it felt like a different team. Uh, I, I was really rooting for Gift to get his first win, and and they darn near almost did it.
0: Yeah, almost. A uh, lot to a lot to kind of get into from what we saw, and I think we'll start at the very end. You know, when you talk about almost, I thought Kellen Moore drew up a heck of a play, and. You know, considering how recent the passing was of Frank Whitecheck, it would have been uh, a heck of a tribute to him to, to get the Music City Miracle rehashed against the Bills um, and have the Chargers do it. You know, unfortunately for for Kellen, as, as well designed and as perfectly executed as the first part of that play was from Eckler back to, to Easton and then the lateral to Erickson, just couldn't quite get that first block to, to seal that line, even though they had all the bodies over there. And, and Zion just kind of climbed a little bit too far, too fast. And, and Brennan kind of whiffed on the block. And Erickson had to immediately peel off what looked to be a perfectly designed play. But I think I'll just start there, Chris. I really enjoyed the game plan that Kellen put together for this offense. And I really enjoyed seeing Cameron Dicker kick five field goals Uh, for the first time by a Charger kicker in in at least 10 years. So it was that type of game. The defense played great. You knew it was going to be tight. DJ kept saying it. Just take them to the deep end and let's see if you can pull them under at the end and and get out of here with a win. And I thought it was, you know, unfortunately the fourth time they've now lost, you know, when having a lead in the fourth quarter, I think sixth time this year now they've lost by three or fewer points. Those are tough to swallow, but but I really enjoyed the game. I, I did. I thought they played inspired football.
1: And you you just look at everything that they're working with. No Justin Herbert, no Keenan Allen. Uh, I I thought that Giff said it perfectly. He said he was expecting a heavyweight fight. Uh, He wanted to take the points at every chance he could get. And it's very smart when you have a a kicker that's as good as Cameron Dicker, man. I, I don't think we've seen a kicker come into the Chargers as confident and as automatic as he has been money, and, you know, I think you talked about it the week before, just how good he's been, and even in spots where, you know, it's fourth and three or fourth and five and you want to go for it, sometimes taking the points is the better option, and Giff kind of used yeah. that and said, hey, we're going to take the points, we're going to get something out of these long drives, I don't care if it's seven or three, we're going to get points on the board.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, let's just go back to what we talked about three weeks ago, or two, two weeks, three weeks ago, and... I go through the play-by-play, and you're talking about uh, zeros. You lose on downs. Uh, you're now down 7-0 after the interception that Justin threw inside his own three-yard line. And you're still down 7-0. You lose a ball on downs. And you're down 10 nothing, and you lose a, a ball on downs. And it's like that's nine points. That's nine points in a 10-9 to game with two minutes left in the third quarter. Is and it just it felt like it was that kind of game against the Broncos, and you couldn't quite figure out. Okay, this isn't the Chiefs. It's not the Dolphins. It's not the Lions. Why are we chasing points? And I think you saw Giff recognize the type of game that this was going to be. That the Bills have had a penchant for turning the ball over quite a bit this year and losing games that a lot of people think they should not lose, but they do it because they're they're careless with the football. And I think he played. You know, that that was the script that he wrote for this game, and I thought they followed it perfectly. And they darn near had it. And, you know, I was doing the Bally the show with Lorenzo Neal, and he made a perfect point. He's, you know, we talked about the zero blitz that DA called. That was – it was a perfect call. You know, you've got Josh Allen on the run. He's falling backwards, and he heaves that ball to the right sideline. And if there's better communication between Hawkins and, and Asante, they're going to switch instead of try to work through each other and bonk off each other. And one of them's going to get a pick six. But he made the point. He's like, Josh Allen's probably the only quarterback in the league that makes that throw that gets it all the way to Shakir. You know, that's just – you just got Josh Allen. I mean, that's really all that, that happened there. It was a perfect call. They played it great, and Josh Allen just kind of got the the better of them, and they end up getting out with a loss instead of a win.
1: Chargers fans were hoping Shakir scored, right? You get the ball right 100%. back. And, and I think that that, that really kind of ended the game in, in a way because the, the Bills had that, that ample time to milk clock and kick their field goal and, and go ahead and right. – uh, That was, I think, the difference because even Gibson, more times than not, that's a pick six. That's going the other way. Uh, But that kind of did it, right? Like, had they scored, Easton stick would have had much more time with with a crack to win, right?
0: Right. So, and this is just, you know, sidebar. This is one of my problems with instant replay. You, You. you, ought, you, you can't do it that like, and, and look, the Chargers lost, didn't have that opportunity because this was a nationally televised game on NBC or Peacock and they had the 10 cameras. So you get the extra cameras, you get the NBC it, you get the super slow-mo. Like to me, there should be a cap on how tight you can get, how slow, you know, the frames per second that you can get in there because that's one where if it's just a regular one o'clock kick on Fox or CBS You probably got six cameras instead of 10, and that thing stays a touchdown. And I'm not saying it like – my point is I just feel like when you're looking at this thing for five minutes and you've got to get to the ninth or tenth camera and you've got to slow it down to, you know, milliseconds in order to figure out, oh, yeah, look, there's a couple blades of turf touching his knee, it just kind of takes a little bit of the romance out of the game. Um so that's, you know, it's unfortunate had had Shakir not, you know, had that probably one one hundredth of one second where his knee was in contact with the turf. We get to see Easton, who had a heck of a game and this offense, try to get back after it and score. But, you know, I think the, the one thing, you know, when we, we do it half glass, you know, glass half full, now let's go glass half empty. You know, this is something that we've seen repeatedly this season where the offense gives you a lead. All you got to do is get off the field, get off the field, you know, get off on a third down, force a fourth down, and maybe a long field goal attempt, and unfortunately, it just it happened again, you know, where you got a busted coverage, you got someone that breaks a tackle, and, you know, they end up getting the win, and the Chargers find a way to lose.
1: Chargers fans' minds are everywhere at this point, right? They're, they're focused on who the next coach, the general manager, are going to be, and you know, you got the Broncos and Chiefs up. Are you going to lose out and get a higher draft pick? Or do you actually want to just just bury the Broncos this Sunday and, and maybe make it miserable for the Chiefs in Week 18? Uh, so a, a lot to kind of digest. Just sticking with this game for a little bit. We'll start offensively. You mentioned Easton stick in the game that he had. They only scored one touchdown in the game. But I thought Austin Eckler, they got back to just getting him the ball, 18 touches. Uh, He needs to have the touches uh, for this offense to to go. We we talked about all the guys that he don't have, but I thought that after the second half in Vegas and and just the the nightmare that Easton Stick had in terms of two touchdowns going the other way, he really rebounded. And this is a great evaluation process for him over the next two weeks to see if Easton Stick's going to be the backup quarterback here.
0: Well, I think Giff said it best after the game. Easton's an NFL quarterback, there's no doubt. You know, he's in good for him. You know, you never know until you get the call. And teams want to see, can we count on this guy to win us a game? Can we count on him to win us a quarter? Can we maybe count on him to win us three games? And I think Easton's certainly proven that he can do that. And he's going to spend a lot of time in the NFL. Now, what his future looks like. And whether or not one of these teams that drafts a quarterback in the first round and isn't quite sure that they want to throw him out there right away, let's bring in a bridge or somebody to compete and try to take that shot. You know, I think, I think that was a possibility for Easton this year. I, as a matter of fact, I know it was. I know for a fact that somebody had kind of proposed that and he opted to stay with the Chargers for one more year. And, and so I'm very excited for him. I don't think there's any question that the Chargers would love to have him back. I think it's hard to spend money in a quarterback room when you've already got a quarter of a billion dollars tied up to that position. You try to find a rookie contract to to put in there, someone you can trust, you know, like we had trust in Easton. But for him, I'm just I'd like to see him get a win. I want to see him get a win on that that resume. When you see, you know, the GS game started zero two and zero. I'd love to see it read two and two. For him moving forward knock off the Broncos knock off the Chiefs get those wins in the division officially eliminate the Broncos from playoff contention you know put an E next to their their name in the standings and and see if you can ruin the Chiefs and push them all the way down to the four spot the following week um, I understand the draft pick and and I do I do sympathize right well I do understand I, I don't want to say I empathize or sympathize with people that that want that but I think this is a team that desperately needs more young talent, that needs draft picks, and if you can find yourself in the top five, and you start talking about quarterbacks, you know, like Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix and Michael Panix, obviously behind Drake May and Caleb Williams, then maybe you're talking about getting a pretty big haul, you know, with with Marvin Harrison Jr. up there, and so I understand that that aspect of it as well, and I don't, and I, and to me, that's what I would do, I think. You know, with the pick, I feel like I would I would really like to add a lot of selections because I just feel like this team needs, <clears throat> you know, more seconds, more thirds, more fourth rounders that are out there making an impact with the, with the big con- – just they need more youth. This team needs to get younger. I, I really believe that. And I think, Chris, it you know, it may start as soon as this week where we want to see a little bit more youth out there, you know, performing.
1: It's a big chip, right? A a top ten pick in this draft specifically is a big chip. When you even take Drake May and Caleb Williams out of it, you mentioned those other quarterbacks. Somebody's going to fall in love with one of these quarterbacks. Sure, Jade Daniels is probably going to be a top ten pick now. Uh, You you mentioned Bo Nix and the amount of starts that he has under his belt at Oregon. That's going to be attractive to a team. So for a team like the Chargers, who had no, really no thought of being in the top ten this year, to be able to trade out of that and and stack up on both sides of the football especially the defensive and offensive lines uh for Justin Herbert uh, I, I think that's great but you know considering too money just the the cap uh numbers of some of these players you know a lot of these guys are not gonna be here next year It's plain no. and simple financial decision we'll get into the one that they made in Denver too but uh quickly defensively seeing Derwin James out there for 71 percent of the snaps mostly in slot what were your thoughts
0: well, you know, I, I read the article that Popper had, and, and it definitely had a negative tone to it, which which I understand. It's the fewest percentage of snaps that Derwin's played since he was drafted, save being ejected or injury. I think it was 74.6% or something like that, and he's been at 95 or 100 for nearly every game. But we've talked about this this season. Just because he can do it doesn't mean he should do it. Yes, he can play high. Yes, he can play in the slot. Yes, he can play outside corner he can obviously he plays box safety but i felt like gift did exactly what we've been talking about which is tired see him derwin 30 yards off the line of scrimmage that is not where he that excels um, i know they primarily listed him as a slot defender you know which he was but i just felt like it was more a line of scrimmage defender it was a box safety he was playing around the ball, almost got to Josh Allen on that one blitz. He forced the incompletion because he got the pressure there. But, man, he was just uh, maybe half a hand away from swatting that ball away. And that's what I want to see more of. And that's why I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, like I, I know there are labels that you don't like necessarily attaching because the, the linebacker position has been so devalued. But to me, like that's, that's where I want him. He's got the strength. He's got the pop to play linebacker. He's got the speed where he makes the middle of the field, and and it continued to be an issue in that game against the Bills, where you know our current pair of linebackers struggle in coverage. You know, and I'd I'd love to see Derwin get some snaps there. So maybe that's where they're going. So I, what I'm getting at, Chris, is I don't see that as a negative. I see that as hey, let's get 74% of snaps at 100% of Derwin. Let's not get 100% of Snaps at seventy five percent of Derwin because when you're lining him up as the nickel opposite Trey Tucker and he burns you for a sixty yard touchdown, that just sucks. It sucks for Derwin. He's got no business being in that position in the first place. So I thought they deployed him in a much more efficient and effective way.
1: Agreed. It's been a difficult season for Derwin, even dating back to last year. You know what? I, I go back to that, um, really, a year ago that Indianapolis game that that fifteen yard penalty that he yeah. got. Uh, you know, he's, he's playing football and it's sometimes it's, it's gotta be very frustrating for him because some of those 15 yard penalties carried over into this year. And I think it, you know, I've never played safety in the NFL. Right. But naturally you have to feel like, man, I have to be kind of aware of where I'm going to hit somebody. And maybe you're thinking a little bit too much. And then you you throw in the fact that he's playing a million different positions on defense I think that this was the perfect opportunity for Gip to just say, hey, man, you can do one thing, you know, sell down, take a breath. And, you know, I, I don't really view it as a negative either because they are also in evaluation mode with some of these other younger safeties on, on the field. So right. I, I think it, in December, its, it's you don't want to read too much into it, um, but I know that Derwin's going to want to be out there during the money downs. And, you know, I, I, I could tell maybe he was a little bit frustrated by it, but... It is what it is at this point, and I think it's been a a difficult year for Derwin, but he's still an all-pro player, and uh, wherever or whoever the defense coordinator is next year is going to have a really nice chip, and it's just a matter of trying to find the perfect place for Derwin, as you said.
0: I I don't think Derwin would push back on any of that. I think he'd be very, as it has been a really rough year for him, you know, there have been some busted coverages, there have been some bad angles, there have been some missed tackles, been some bad penalties you know it's just been a rough go it's been a rough season but we certainly know the talent because you see it you see it in bursts and so you know and and look he was tasked with so much i think Brandon Staley had this vision for him that that he could essentially be this sort of omnipresent force you know out on the field you know and he and,
1: bought and into he, that money he, he, did. Did. he did he bought yeah, into he that did. to his credit
0: yeah 100% he never pushed back but i think it goes to some of the things that we saw you know, under coach Staley, where Joey Bosa is trying to cover a tight end, leaking out of the backfield and just getting burned on the sideline and saying, what are we doing? You know, and Khalil Mack, five yards too wide, chipping a slot receiver before he tries to pass rush, knowing he's never going to get home. Like just some of those things um, were eliminated, you know, And, and these guys were able to just get after it last week. And if there's one thing I'd, you know, I think I'd like to see, different is it goes you know it's what we keep saying I just like to see some different names out there you know and and we did and we saw it in the defensive line and we saw Scott Matlock out there for snaps we saw Nick Johnson and we saw Tito Abonian I thought the rotation on the front was really good and they stayed fresh and they kept putting pressure on on Josh he's a tough guy to bring down so you're not going to get the sacks but you're going to force the incompletions you're going to force the short runs the check downs and they did a lot of that so I would just like to see it at some other positions you know and particularly it goes back to i can't quite can't quite figure out why dan henley's not getting snaps i just don't i don't think that makes it doesn't make sense to me unless again it's something in practice it's something that we're not privy to which very well could be the case you know that kenneth murray and eric kendricks just bust their tail in practice they're really good leaders and you want to reward them with playing time but for me i'd be a little bit selfish and say i need to do this for the organization you know moving forward we've got to evaluate you know this young talent to see if he can be our linebacker. You know, moving forward and and save us a heck of a lot of money because he's a third round pick.
1: It'll be interesting to see what happens these next two weeks because I, I believe everything Gift said in the organization said they're trying to go out and win these games. Like yeah. they, they they wanted to beat Buffalo, and I, I don't I don't think they're gonna pull some of these. Like I was interested, money to see. What the running back share was going to look like is—is is Spiller going to just take the Lions' share? And yeah. they said, "You know yeah. what? We're we're going to win the game. We're going to try to win the game, and we're going to put the ball in Austin's hands." And and enough with just the the three different running backs carrying. You know the what
0: football. though, Chris? You know what I think that is too. That's that's a veteran coach respecting a veteran player. We talked about it. So yeah. now all Austin needs is 80 yards in each of the next two games to get his million dollars. And I think that's that's a gift. That's that's how you win a locker room. Yeah, that's how you get players to respect you to say, look, you're 28 going on 29 years old. A million dollars is a lot of money, you know, for you moving forward kind of knowing what the landscape is for for running back contracts. Let's put that let's put that million bucks in your pocket. You're you're probably not going to get, you know, I, I he could get four touchdowns in the next two games. I think it'd be pretty tough to get the extra 600 grand, but I think they feel like we can get you that million dollars. We, we, you know, we can get you to 1125 and, and get you, you know, an extra bit of cash in your pocket. And so I think that played a big role in why Austin got all those touches. And I love it. And I think he deserves it. And I think it's great for the locker room and it's great for camaraderie for guys who want to fight to get him those yards. You know, it's a, I, I think, I think players respect that, you know, and, and, and are going to get behind GIF and, and get out there and try to try to help Austin get to that number.
1: No doubt. We'll put a pin in Buffalo, a uh, quick break, and then we'll talk Denver, and then everything else going on in the NFL that may relate to the Chargers in this coaching search. All right, guys, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Surface, the official sideline technology provider and laptop of the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers that provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Check out the powerful Surface Pro 9, combining the power of a laptop with the flexibility of a tablet at Surface.com. VIP ticket packages for the first ever Super Bowl in Las Vegas are now on sale. And only on location offers all-inclusive experiences worthy of the entertainment capital of the world. Ticket packages boast an array of offerings, such as premium seating to the game, epic pregame parties with headline talent, NFL legend appearances, premium drinks and fare, and much more. Visit nflonlocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your football experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location. So, money, big news out of Denver yesterday, taping this on a Thursday. Uh, Sean Payton putting Russell Wilson on the bench for the last two games of the season. Broncos are 7 and 8 after losing to the Patriots pretty much put their playoff hopes on life support and it feels like Russell's the scapegoat quite frankly I know yeah. that this is a financial decision but based on some of Sean Payton's comments it was kind of funny to me that uh they put all this on Russ when they're 7 and 8 and I could go back through the season and see 35 points the Commanders scored on them 31 points that the Jets scored on them 70 points that the Dolphins scored on them Forty-two points that the Lions scored on him. and Russell. If you put Russell's uh, numbers up next to Justin's, they're about the same. Yeah. Actually, Russell has six more touchdowns, and I know they're different players and everything, but I, I just think that it's a little bit of a of a scapegoat situation, and I don't think Sean Payton wanted to coach Russell Wilson to begin with.
0: No, I, to me, it's it's identical. To what happened with Derek Carr last year? I yeah. think it's exactly you know we're going to try to make it work. He's not my guy. I, if it were up to me, he would not be here. But he is, and he's making a lot of money. So let's see if we can you know. And he's got a pretty good resume. Let's see if we can make it work. And ultimately, when you get to the point when you're eliminated from the playoffs and you can't take the risk of that player getting hurt because then their contract's going to vest the following season, you just move on. And so, I you know I. Look, I would love to to really put them, you know, my foot on the pedal and and say, yes, this is Sean Payton trying to absolve himself of any responsibility from the mess that this year happened to be. And there is part of that. I, I think we've seen enough from from Payton to recognize that. And then that's sort of his M.O. a little bit. But to me, it was a okay. we'll try to make it work. I'm not crazy about it. That's why I want you to sign this guy for six million bucks as a backup to a quarterback that's making thirty-seven million dollars. So we saw this writing on the wall that that Peyton was not sold on him. It'll be interesting. Jared had a couple good, good starts last year for the Raiders. When he, he did, it's funny, right? So it's like the same thing for Stedham. Like you did this with Carr last year, and now you're going to do it to Wilson this year. And, and the guy threw for over three hundred yards per game. He can sling it around. But I'll tell you, as as far as what what I'd like to see, yeah, I'm I'm fine for the Chargers seeing Stidham instead of Russ. Russ extends plays, very similar to what you know the headaches that that those mobile quarterbacks give you. I think they played pretty well against him. You know, they they had that great pick. Mikey had that great pick in the first, you know, on the first attempt of the game that they weren't able to cash in for any points. But it's it's still a very good defense. They've moved on from from Kareem Jackson, obviously. But you still got Justin Simmons out there. You still have Zach Allen, who's a nightmare. And, and this will be interesting because when we talked about what a mess it was after that game, the Chargers offensive line just couldn't pick up a blitz. Like They, they nope. had no idea, and they were standard blitzes. We were talking to Tony Baselli about it because he co- he came for, for the next game. He's like, it's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. It's just a standard blitz. Slot, slot corner blitz, nickel blitz, safety blitz, delayed blitz. Like there was nothing exotic about what they were doing. And this front had no idea where to go, where to shift protections. And I think you saw a little bit of it last week. And so, so going back two weeks, right, against the Raiders, what do we talk about with Easton? Great second half, some great things in there, but you can't have a pick six and cough the ball up twice. And he eliminated all the turnovers, but he still took the sacks. So you want to see him now eliminate the sacks? Let's okay. You've cleaned up the turnovers. Now let's clean up the sacks. And I think on top of that, Easton will go back and watch that film against Buffalo and realize all those RPOs that that Easton that uh, Kellen was giving him. Man, he needed to keep two or three of them, and those things were going for big gains. If he doesn't hand that ball off and he keeps it and takes it instead, so I, I to me that's that's the next step for Easton in this game. Now in his third start. Okay, I've, I've cleaned that up. I know I have to take care of the ball. Step two, let's eliminate the sacks and let's use my legs a little bit more. Let's let's get out there because it's gonna work. And and Kellen's dialing up some really good calls on these RPOs, and he's just got to make better decisions on on a handful of those. So I know we started that by talking about Russell Wilson and and uh, Jared Stidham, but whatever, just kind of no, came it's back the to, it's back what it that.
1: is, and it's been uh. It hasn't been a, a kind place for the Chargers, Denver, in terms of going in there and trying to get wins. Real quick on, on Russ before we move on, do you think that had they been the Patriots and gone eight and seven, that, that Russ would be the, the starter yeah. today?
0: Right, I do because they're still they're still, was still very they realistically of... alive for the playoffs. You know, yep. you've got a Chargers team down half their roster, and now you're nine and seven, and ten and seven very well could get you in. So. To me, yes. I think he's still the starter. It's a season's lost. He's not going to be back here next year. We cannot afford to get him injured and, I and think give him that I, extra money.
1: Buddy, the only reason I keep bringing this up is I, I find this just very interesting as far as it relates to the Chargers moving forward and whoever the head coach is going to be because the, the Broncos have said that Russell Wilson isn't going to be out of center next year for us. He's not going to play quarterback for us, right? Is that is That's pretty much what we got from that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I feel like I feel like it was a he's not he's not a Sean Payton type of quarterback. Sean Payton is Drew Brees. Joe Lombardi, we know it. I think Joe to some degree wrecked Justin Herbert those couple years and tried to make him into Drew Brees. He's not. Like that's it's not what we got here. We've got the most talented, physically talented quarterback in the league. Use it. You know, and that's just that's what those guys believe in. Snap the ball, take the ball, get rid of the ball. And let everybody else do the work. And that's what they want to do. And that's just not Russell Wilson's forte. That's not
1: what he's best at. So this is what the division is now, right? It's it's Andy Reid and Sean Payton, right? So we know like Hall of Fame head coaches or Andy Reid, Surefire Hall of For Fame sure. head coach. Uh, Patrick Mahomes without receivers, looking a little bit different this year. Uh the, the Raiders, Aiden O'Connell, not sure he's the answer. Didn't even uh, no. attempt a pass after the first quarter of the game against the Chiefs. And then now at Denver, is it Stittem? Is it a rookie? Is it somebody you bring in via free agency? All I know is that Herbert and Mahomes, still, as far as the quarterback position is concerned, the, the class of the division. And when you bring in a, uh, let's say you bring in an established head coach to coach this Chargers team, I just, I feel like that there's more questions about the Broncos. When we thought that they were kind of turning the corner with Russ and they were going to go on a little run, maybe make the playoffs. It looks a little bit different now, especially with the capital implications that that Russ has moving forward.
0: Well, the one thing that the Broncos have that perhaps the the Chargers don't is they've got pretty good depth, right? So they've, specifically on defense, they've got a really good secondary, um, love their linebackers, you know, Browning, Singleton. Like, they've got good, They, they, you know, their offensive line has kind of finally sort of figured it out you know, which was a big struggle for a while. They've managed to put that together a little bit now. So I feel like they, just with the coaching, look, Sean Payton, as much as maybe people don't like him, he's a good coach. He's a really good coach. And I figure they'll, they they just need to find their guy. Like as crazy as it sounds, you know, we've seen a bit of a decline from, from Russell You know he doesn't quite have the explosiveness doesn't have the quicks that he used to so those those runs those extending the plays they're not quite what they used to be so i think they'll which what direction do they go i don't know you know i'm not that's the thing it doesn't doesn't seem like a rookie you know is is going to be in range from where they're they're picking but Tough to say, I, you know, maybe they sign Easton Stick. Who knows? It's, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't quite know, but clearly it's not Russ. And they think enough of Jared Stidham to give him that amount of money. I think it was six million bucks, if I remember right. That's a I think lot he got, of money.
1: I think he got like ten million for two years.
0: Yeah, so something that's, like that. That's a lot to back up a guy that's making forty million bucks. So maybe it is going to be Stidham, and, and they're just doing this two-game audition. Now, look, the Raiders tried to do that and ultimately decided, no, we're gonna we're gonna move on to Garoppolo. I don't know what their cap situation is, but there are going to be some interesting quarterbacks out there this upcoming season. Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent, great decision maker, very good at getting the ball out. That's a real possibility. But again, when you're going to be carrying 38 million, I think it's 38 million next year of a cap number for for Russ, it's probably more likely than not Jared Stidham and a rookie is, is what I would guess. Yeah,
1: because You're not and- going to
0: trade. You're not trading that contract.
1: No, there's no chance. Uh, Kirk Cousins would be perfect in Denver, but I don't think they can afford it. And no. uh, I, I don't know. I'm just looking at the rookies. Like, Bo Nix is the only, like, experienced, like, rookie I think that yeah, Sean Pink will not work with. Penix, too. Yeah, Penix's a little injury-prone, but he's been awesome this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I just find the, the, the division fascinating now uh, right. with all the decisions that Denver has to make. And it, it, what are the Rangers going to do? Like, they, they crushed the Chargers, they went into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs, and their defense was just balling out. Like You, you have to make Pierce the head coach now, no? Please. Yeah. Please. It's <laughs> my answer to that. Please yeah. do
0: it. Yeah. Please. That's 100%. Look, they're playing great. They're playing inspired football. Clearly, they like playing for him. I don't think there's any – I'm not taking anything away from him. But he put 63 up on – you know, on the chargers, their rival, on national TV knocks off the chiefs at arrowhead. Those are impressive. Uh, th- that is impressive to put on your resume. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from that. So uh, I wouldn't, and look, if you're Mark Davis, you gave John Gruden a hundred million dollars. Ultimately, I don't know what they had to give him to, to get it right. So he didn't sue him after being fired the way he was, but I'm sure it was a pretty big number to settle they got 30 million bucks going to josh mcdaniels because they signed him to a five year i think it was five years 50 if i remember right maybe it was four years 40 whatever it was it was a lot of money a lot of money so maybe you give antonio three years you know at four per something like that and that way you're you're saving a little bit of money you're only paying 14 million bucks for your head coach instead of 25 because you're chasing you know jim harbaugh at 15 mil or, you know, Bill Belichick, a 20 mil like that's I, I don't know what their financial situation is, but I would assume sooner or later, that's a pretty big tab. I mean, heck, you got the rumor out there that Ben Johnson wants 15 million bucks to be a first time head coach. There's no way. I mean, I appreciate the agent trying to plant that seed, but come on, man, let's let's be real here. So I wouldn't be surprised.
1: You know, it's, like I, I said, think it would I'd, be a calculated risk by the Raiders to just like you said, like four years per. If the wheels come off next year, you could par ways pretty easily, and then go after it. another big fish. Right? I'm all for it. As I'll
0: far as this, uh,
1: as far as this head coaching uh, position is concerned, I think our buddy Joe Reedy uh, tried to ask uh, Jim Harbaugh about the the Chargers opening. Oh, did he? Uh, I didn't yesterday. see it. <laughs> he, was, he was at Disney World and uh, or Disneyland, and they asked. He, I think joe just went in there and you know shouted out the fact that the chargers are uh looking for a coach and his reaction and jim hit him with the one track mind one day at a time attack today attack today yeah. somebody asked him about another head coach we're gonna one track mind attack today so we got to give joe reedy a, a shout out for at least, go, uh, swing in the back
0: you know yep love you joe and your cats um <laughs> way to go <laughs> love it yeah Look, I, I, we've said it now three ever since Brandon was let go. To me, I just I feel like that's what the people want, and I have, and I'm with him. He, there are plenty of good coaches. We've we've talked about all the names that I think make sense. You know, Dan Quinn has been a head coach before, is a great guy, he has worked with Kellen, and I think it's an opportunity for Kellen to show off a little bit here these next couple weeks with Easton and these play. You know, no Keenan, no Mike Williams. You know, no Justin Herbert. Can you put up some points and get a couple wins? And then you can kind of keep that synergy going moving forward. <clears throat> so I think there's there's some, some great positives there. I, I just keep going back to the idea that the moment Jim Harbaugh walks in that door, he walks in with an offensive background, with I was a quarterback in the league, one playoff games, I'm in the ring of honor in, in Indianapolis, you know, and I'm a winner. I'm, I'm not just a winner at Stanford. I'm not just a winner at San Diego. I'm not just a winner at Michigan. I was a winner with the 49ers. We were two minutes away from winning a Super Bowl. I turned around a team that was in – it was the dregs. I mean, it was a disaster of a team when he took it over. And I can't – 44 and 14 or something like that was his record. Like, it's ridiculous. He was incredible. He was incredible. So – I just feel like there's something to that presence to we're going to change things. You guys lost more one-score games than any team over the last 5 years. Y'all lost more games by 3 or fewer points. They got a shot at doing that the most in history. It's the 93 Oilers that were 0 and 7 in, in games they lost by 3 points or less. Right now the Chargers I got 6 of them. So we're changing. I'm a winner. You guys may not be winners, but I am. And you're going to join me in, in being winners moving forward. So I just think there's something there's something to that. Um, if it's anybody else, if it's Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald, great. You know, I mean, I'm sure they come in with great pre- – that's the thing. It's like people, we don't know. We don't know what these meetings are like or how they Definitely. go or what the presentation is, what the vision is. Um, but I just – for me, I feel like I know what Jim Harbaugh is. Freaking guy's a psycho. He is a psycho who's super competitive, and all he wants to do is win football games. That is why he believes he was put on earth, to go win football games. And there's something about guys like that that I just appreciate.
1: And you get to interview him every week. I
0: mean... I don't know. I don't know if he'd be okay maybe with that.
1: that maybe, maybe that'll change.
0: <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, like, when he first got the job at San Diego, we used to put him on. We would put him on Petro's Money Show. And then that carried over when he got the Stanford job. He came on all the time because he would use us to recruit Southern California. I would assume that was his idea. Like, well, Hey, here's the number one show in Southern oh, you're California. Landed.
1: He's going he's to so, talk to you every week.
0: Sometimes he'd be great. Other times he'd be like, not enjoying this. I don't like you guys very much. Um, but, you know, and, and also I got to call a ton of Stanford games with, with Curtis Conway, who was his teammate, you know, and, and we would go down on the field and some games he'd be in a great mood and other games he wouldn't be. And it just kind of depended what Jim Harbaugh you got, but, There's no denying it's it's not about not about how how comfortable we're going to be. It's about winning games and giving Justin Herbert and this team the best voice moving forward. And I think anybody you talk to that's in his inner circle, they all say the same thing that not winning that Super Bowl tore him apart. and, And he is fueled. He is determined to get back to the NFL at some point, get back to the Super Bowl and win it. So.
1: Let's let's have it be with the Powder Blues. I think the best case scenario for those who want Jim Harbaugh in the NFL, specifically in Los Angeles, is they go out and they beat Alabama in the Rose Bowl and they win a national championship, and he can leave Michigan knowing that he accomplished the mission. And really, he, he kind of has already, right? Going to back to back CFPs, he totally has. Just to have the complete icing on the cake and cherry on top, winning a national championship. Then I feel like he would be like, you know what? I did what I said I was gonna do. Now I gotta go back to the NFL and win a Super Bowl. And who knows, it could yeah. be with the Chargers. That we, we talked yeah. about all the big fish money. Uh Belichick, Harbaugh, Tomlin, who I think would be it'd be ridiculous if he went anywhere. I think he's gonna stay in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I um know. the the first time coordinators or the coordinators who used to be head coaches that list, I think, is rather short. You know, you mentioned Dan Quinn, a guy who has been to a Super Bowl and has done a heck of a job in Dallas. Ben Johnson, who, I mean, he he lights up the scoreboard every week, but yeah, I, no I think doubt. I even said it last week, you know, we're not in the interview. I, I don't know. I mean, I know he's learned from Dan Campbell, and Dan Campbell's learned from Sean Payton, and I'm, I'm sure that he has a, a CEO-type mentality in there somewhere, but I don't know. Uh, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, would you bring in another defensive mind? Uh, I think that's to-
0: very Brandon Staley-esque, right? Guy that coordinates the number one defense, first year doing it. What, what do we make of that? What's the takeaway? that You know what I mean? I think that to me is a lot of times the pendulum's got to swing, and that's yeah. too similar. When you go through it, you've got Frank Reich, who was let go by the Panthers, and reportedly they were interested in bringing him in as the OC. No one in Arizona. Washington, Eric Bieniemy. But there's a reason what, why what, he's interviewed for seemingly every head coaching job and keeps, you know, not getting them.
1: What do you think about B. Enemy? It's, you know, how was playing really good ball, then he just hit a complete wall. Yeah. The, the team's a mess. But Kansas City is also a mess offensively. Yeah, right. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, you, you mentioned it. He's interviewed a ton of times. I guess it hasn't gone well. No,
0: and I'm going Bears. They may get rid of Everflus. I don't know if you can bring him in considering his record saints no packers no falcons if they let go of arthur smith you'd probably bring him in for an interview i know they were interested in him when they hired brandon staley no vikings seahawks rams raheem morris be interesting you know was so young when he got that opportunity he was with the and that those players my gosh you look at the defensive talent on that team it is all kids it's all, it's all rookies and second year guys and they're playing their tail off so that's interesting you mentioned dan quinn tampa no ben johnson's the hot name out of detroit philly nobody san francisco you know they've been kind of just picked clean um, patriots we already talked about belichick tennessee you've talked about if they move on from vrabel but i just don't quite see that happening um Bengals, Steelers, Tomlin we talked about, Colts, Bills, um, Browns, Jim Schwartz. That's an interesting one. You think about you've got no quarterback on that team. The quarterback position has been an absolute disaster, and you got 10 wins, and you're kicking ass on defense. So that's that's an interesting one. Interesting, you, know, you a...
1: mentioned that name because I, all I can think about is the Jim Harbaugh, Jim Schwartz handshake. Oh yeah, after one stopping. of the games. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Schwartz was fire fired Schwartz. to him too when he took the, the lies to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. The year after they were over. That dude's like playoffs. a genius too. I think he he went to Georgetown and he's he's a very bright guy. Yeah, yeah. Very he, bright. He went, yeah, Georgetown guy. He would be an guy. interesting name. He's had success as a coordinator everywhere he's going.
0: Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Chiefs, nobody, Dolphins. I mean, there's that Frank Smith thing, but I can't see that. You know, not not somebody that was on Brandon's staff there, so that would be weird. So yeah, I think that's. You know, there's a lot. There's a, and there's I'm sure some names that we're not thinking of. Some Are there college coaches. names
1: besides Harbaugh?
0: I mean selfishly the only one that I would everybody talks about Ryan day that he definitely has an NFL presence to him more of a CEO you know stickler to details 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 kind of guy so that would be one and and rumor is he's interested in, in making the jump I think that's more important than just like one of the scheme guys selfishly for me one of my absolute favorite people in the profession is Chris Peterson I think that guy would be successful anywhere he goes he is such an inspiring figure the way he speaks to people the motivational just there's something about him he just anytime you're in his presence you just feel there's like a lift um he just won't do it I I think he's so content in his post coaching life but you're talking about a guy that won at Davis that made Boise State a national power and knocked off Oklahoma in a BCS game took Washington to the playoff like uh, that guy's that guy's a coach he can freaking coach so and there's the connection with kellen obviously you know the two made incredible magic at boise together so that would be it i don't think there's anyone else from the the coaching ranks you know there's the brian kelly but no thank you i'll take a pass on that um oh, oh i can think about brian kelly's my family oh here we go now you know he'll show up here at our press conference and be like what's up super stoked up bros Here, guys yeah no no (laughs) thank you i'll take a pass on brian kelly i mean look what you've already got it out there the guy's just never i don't know it's like i I don't remember who put it out there if it was fell i think it might have been bruce that put it out there that if jim were to leave michigan that brian kelly be interested it's like dude relax already just just jumping jobs so i think that I wish I could think of – I mean, I guess if I go to NCAA and go to uh, rankings, let's see if there's anybody that we're forgetting. Michigan – I mean, look, Kalen
1: old Dabo rumors. I don't think, that that, I don't think he's no. an NFL guy.
0: No. Uh, no. Sark, no. Saban, not going to do it. Norvell is – you know, Kirby. I think those guys are – you know, they're, they're great coaches, but I think recruiting is such a big part of their – Success. Uh, Dan Lanning's interesting. I mean, he's certainly got those guys fired up, you know, and and is is pretty incredible what he's been able to do at, at Oregon. But those are all just such big risks, yep. you know, that that's and then like when you talk about the Lincoln Riley's, you know, sort of thing, those are just sort of scheme guys. And I think you fall into a little bit of a danger zone with guys like that, as opposed to leaders, more of the oh, yeah, that guy's a head coach. And that's sort of the sense you get with Jim Harbaugh, with Kalen DeBoer with Nick Saban, with Mike Norvell, like these guys are head coaches. They're Ryan Day, you know, they're not play card, you know, what's the next great play I can call. They're they're leaders. So uh, there's yeah. a lot like, of interesting names.
1: Midway through the USC, I think Lincoln, who who there, you thought there were some rumors but I didn't want to go to the NFL, those quickly went away, you know. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. somebody Roja.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and he's making a ton of cash. And, and yeah, man, he's making a ridiculous amount of money. Now, look, he's losing Caleb Williams. It was fun to watch Miller Moss last night, you know, put together a heck of a game and set a USC record. I love seeing those stories. It's wonderful, even if he never plays, you know, another game for SC because they bring someone in through the transfer portal. But, you know, it's it goes to show you, Lincoln can coach offense, man. He can freaking coach offense. So there's – I get it. You know, I totally get it. But, you know, to me, I think – for the Chargers, I do think there's something to having that winning mentality walk through the door. Yeah, set a tone. Change. I'm not necessarily saying change a culture, but just I think set a tone is the best way to put it.
1: I think establish a culture of winning. You know, yeah. with 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 somebody who's done it before. And money. Yeah. Uh, last thing, because I, I think that there's been some chatter among fans too. Like, well, shoot, next year, look at the cap it's for 40 million over yeah. we're gonna take a step back anyway uh you know what what could next year look like i think a with with a plus coaching they gonna be all right and and b with like what do you think they need to do to make sure that they can make the playoffs next year like you mentioned the top 10 draft pick that's a chip that can be turned into a lot of different positions and they need some positions. Um, Do you bring back Mike or Keenan, Joey or Khalil? Like there's a lot of big decisions that need to be made. And again, these last two weeks, we talked about the development of some of these guys. We haven't seen Henley out there. Um, There's some other guys that we need to see across the defensive line, especially. Um, But I I don't think that they're too far away. I, I think that the, you know, the cap, some people say the cap is a myth, and you can you can get around it, and you can you can you know manipulate it, and to some degree you can. I know Justin Herbert is going to make a ton of money here over the next several years, but uh, you can still field, I think, a contending team.
0: I, well, I, they have one of two paths they can take, and the the one path is the Saints, and you kick the can down the road another year. And you move some money around and you keep all the old guys and you just you're like, well, because you're going to have to take your medicine sooner or later. It's going to happen. You can't. Yes, the cap keeps going up and but it's just eventually you're going to have to reset and you're going to have to move or cut and take your take your poison pills, you know, in terms of cap hits with dead cap money. You know, the Rams had to do it and they were able to compete. You know the Rams did it this year and they they in two years ago and they had to restock their roster with all that young talent and last year they played like crap and this year they're back you know yep. and, and next year they're going to be even better and so I I think Justin's 25 like to me it, it almost makes a little bit more sense just to take your medicine now take it right away rip the band-aid off and so and by that what I mean is I think you shop you figure out which of these big numbers can get a trade. Can I can I get a mid round pick? Can I get a three for for one of these blue chips? Because that then lessens your financial impact, right? It, it takes it down a little bit, so you don't have as big of a hit against the cap as just letting the guy go and eating all the dead money. If you can make a trade, get some of that money back. They're already doing it with J C Jackson. You know, they took a t- took a huge hit on that because they had to pay the majority of the salary just to get him off the roster. Um, But if you can find some teams that are willing to trade for and restructure because they feel like they're really close and maybe they're one wide receiver away or one defensive lineman away, then to me, that would be a yes. I think they say yes in those situations. Can we get an asset? Can we get a mid-round pick? Can we get a day two pick? You know, a two, three, or a four for one of these guys and, and just restock the roster and get young and, and kind of reset our financial situation moving forward. Cause it's clear they have to, I mean, you know, that's just, it's either that or, all right, we're 40 million over. Let's restructure, convert this to signing bonus, add some voidable years. And we're coming back with the same guys.
1: A plus coaching will we'll mask that too. If, if you rip the bandaid off, yes. you, have, you know, Sean McVay is the perfect example of that. Like, like what, what they're doing, money is remarkable with all these young guys. And in a, in a, an elite quarterback also masks that. Like, Stafford was hurt during that 5-12 and 12 year, yeah. and it just, the wheels came off a little bit. But had Stafford stayed healthy, they probably would have won eight or nine games last year. Yeah, I, they had I've to reset their problem.
0: O-line, you know, and I think, but they did. And I think that's it's kind of what we're getting at, right? You know, you just got to reset. You're going to have to reset some position groups that either got old or underperformed with some young talent and hope you can coach them
1: up and develop them.
0: And that's what the Rams did. No doubt.
1: Uh Denver on Sunday, anything else about that matchup that you want to dive into? or you know, Let's
0: get Eckler his 80 yards, maybe try to get him 100, so he'll, all he needs is 60 against the Chiefs. Get him his money. Let's get Easton a win. You know, let's continue let's get to – Let's Giff a win.
1: Let's get Giff yeah, a, a win. I want to hear mic'd up in the locker room post game.
0: 100%. I'm with you. I would love to see him get this win. I think it's attainable. They split with the, the Broncos every year. So let's get, they beat them, you know, the Broncos beat the Chargers here. Let's let's get the split by knocking them off there. You know, get your sixth win and see if you can close it out by ruining the Chiefs and and pushing them down to the fourth
1: seed. That's what I'd love to see. Could you imagine if the Raiders win next week and the Chiefs lose to the Bengals and It'd the Chargers great. have the ability to keep the Chiefs out of the playoffs? That It'd would be, be great. amazing. Yeah. It would be and you're, great. you're putting the Raiders in, but the fact that you can knock the Chiefs out makes it sweeter. Maybe get Antonio
0: Pierce a 10-year contract.
1: A lifetime lifetime (laughs) lifetime. contract. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, buddy. Safe travels to Denver. Appreciate Uh, it. This has been Chargers Weekly presented by Microsoft Surf.